0: Hey, good evening, everybody. So, the topic tonight is uh, who, com- who composed the Slichas and Piyutim and why were they composed? And uh, aside from, we're going to go through some of the history of, of the Slichas and Piyutim, and we're going to learn a little bit about who authored it, some of the halachic controversy that there was about Piyutim because they're inserted in the middle of Berchas Kriishman and the middle of Sheman Esrei. So, there was a big question of Half and then there was also later controversy about language. That was Rishayim already had problems with that with the language of the slichas, and also um, more of a common era there was uh, controversy about about uh, you know the reform and other different various movements and Judaism wanted to remove piyutim and slichas, and oftentimes they hopped on to the various different as their reason why they wanted to drop the piyutim and the selichas, even though that wasn't the real reason. But, besides all that history that we'll talk about, we also are going to go into what we accomplished by saying piyutim. What's, uh, the, when we see the sources, we'll see how much is, how important they are and how much they accomplish when we say them, how much we accomplished in davening and in shumayim. And uh, we're going to also try to learn through, somewhat, the piyut of Melech Elyon, which we say on Rosh Hashanah both days, and we say on Yom Kippur, we say... Similar, it's not exactly melachayim. Same, same theme. Maisel uh, We say that in Yim Kippur, both by Shachas and by Musaf. So we're going to try to see if we can get to all that in the time that we have. So the earliest source that we find for let's talk slichas first. The earliest source that we find for slichas is an uh, Eliahu Zuta. It's the first thing here on your the handout. Eliahu Zuta, Perik of Gimel, says here: Davar Achar Hashem B'yom Right, pasuk we say every day, and Hashem, Hashem will answer us in a time of need. David David knew. So the is the is going to get destroyed. and we're not going to have But David Al and David was worried about Klai Yisrael. When the Tzaras come on Klai Yisrael, who's going to uh, atone for them? David, uh, said, don't worry about it. I have already taught and 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 uh, uncovered the he, the secret, taught the secret of how to do slicha to Moshe." Whenever there's difficult times coming on Kayisra Bavana Sayam because of their averis. Yamdu Lufana Yah Baguda Ahas they should all stand together and want a guda, a minion in other words, uh damn together, we svadu albana seem blufanah and say Vidui, we Yomru Lufana Seder Slicha, and they should say Seder Slicha. What's Seder Slicha? So s so, uh it means uh, the Yudgemul meidus, ostensibly, that's the Obviously, what it's referring to, because that's what Hashem taught my Rabbeinu the Yidgil But it means also whatever tefillas that accompany that, whatever bakushes we say to ask Hakadosh Baruch to accept our tshuva. Vani and and I will answer them. and how was Hashem? did Hashem reveal it? Amar Baruch Hashem Malames Yored EKadosh Baruch Hu mina Raphel Hashem, so to speak, Kivayachol came down from Shemayim Shaloy Kishliach Tzibur and he acted as a Kishliach Tzibur. Hashem Misatif he put on a talis va'irulufin a teva and he went in front of the Amud. Vegiddel Amash she slicha and through that taught Moshe Rabbeinu a So the concept of having slichas is a concept that has a source back to David HaMelech or a Medrash. In other words, so the concept is a very 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 old concept to 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 do that and uh, it's mentioned. Other than this uh, medresh, it's mentioned by the Ga'inim already in many places. It was clearly in practice already in the time of the Ga'inim, which was the time that was immediately after the time of the Gemara. And it uh, seems clear that if it was already in wide pre- widespread practice in the time of the Ga'inim, that means it was already being done in the time of the Gemara as well. So that's, it had, at least whether it was widespread or whether everybody did it, but the concept was already in place in the time of the Gemara. It's mentioned, where the Tzedek Goyim, Amram Goyen mentions it, but they, both mostly talk about, during Aseris, he made tshuva. That was more when, the original, Takana of Slichas was. But even in the Goyim it's mentioned, the idea of saying, sliches starting from Meshchadish El. And the idea of starting Slichas from Moshe is because that's when Moshe went up to get the Lucha which is after when Hashem said Slachdi So they had the whole 40 days of Slichas. Eventually, that developed into Minig Sfardim, Minig Ashkenaz. And during the Ga'inic period, it wasn't really, that split hadn't really happened yet. There wasn't really Ashkenazim and Sfardim, they hadn't really spread out into the different areas of the world. But the two existed. They existed in, in Babel. In the yeshivas in Babel, there were some yeshivas that did all 40 days, and there were some yeshivas that did uh, just, just s'aras uh, Chuva and then later on they added a few days before Hashanah So those those have a very very early source. If you take a look at the Rambam here, the Rambam in Hilchas uh it says famous Ramb beginning the famous Rambam. Mm-hmm. Even though Tzukia even and Rosh Hashanah is Gzeres Hakasuv. Ramaz ye boy but there's a ram as a hint qlimar u yashanim mishnaschem all sleeping people wake up from your sleep vener dumim and slumbering people akitzu mitardamashchem wake up from your slumber ve khibsuba maschem and look through your your deeds ve khizrubatruva and du truva ve zikuraham and remember hashem and he says some more things and then he says im benay inyan zab because of this nagol kobas isro lahar boys bitsa over maysem tovim all, all of Kleistrol are noig to be marbe and tzedaka, my simtaibim, belasik, be mitzweis, be rusheshana yamekipurim, to be isik and mitzvah, shana yamekipurim, the seresimet shuvah, yes, and we call a shana more than we do the rest of the year. We no go and everybody has a minig to get up at night. During these ten days, will spow the batiknesias, be divrei to daven and shuls, say divrei tachnunim in chibushin, and of uh, humility of, uh, of humility, actually, Ariam until it becomes uh, day. So this also is an important point that it, it used to be the universal minig of saying Slichas was to say it at night, the last Ashmura um, salaila. It's uh, my my father's shul and other shuls. They still have the meaning that at least the first night of slichas and on Arab Rosh Hashanah slichas they say it dafka the five o'clock in the morning when it's still nighttime and they go until. The, till daybreak and then they dive in chakras. so there's the, 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 the original hakpada was to say specifically during that time to say during the end of the night when it reaches the biggest man rachamim the biggest ace ratan big, and that's what the Ramam says that was everybody's minig the Ramam is saying everybody had that minig to get up at night and to, to dive in at least during that serasim chupa so that was, that's, that's how early we find at least this, this, as far as slichas is concerned the meaning that we have to begin before Rosh Hashanah is an Ashkenazic minig, and that developed a little later. The first source we find for that, to start before Rosh Hashanah, is Machs Vitri, which was Rashi's Talmud. So that started in the early Rishonim, the concept of adding days before Rosh Hashanah, which we spoke already about the Shabbos, that they added it because either a beaker of Karban, different svaras, why it was important to already start waking ourselves up a little bit before Rosh Hashanah, not just wait for the rush. Fine. Now, those are... Those are sliches. The sliches, as we have it, are composed of piyutim, and then your gemul are the sliches that we say. Those are all piyutim. Those are written by the people that were the paitanim. The word is, I, I imagine, poet. Same, same word, same shirish. It's, it's a form of poetry. So uh, it's a Greek word. So I don't know that that works in Greek. But whatever it is, the the the. the Slichas are, pi- are piyutim plus we say vidui and we say yugam which is the, what the Torah prescribes. Now, actual piyutim which are the things that we insert in the middle of berchas kriishman the things that are inserted in shemana esrei those might have a makar as early as the Mishnah as we'll soon see. It's very fascinating that piyutim themselves that you know the, the extra shavuachim and tehillas that we say have perhaps a very very early makar. So the, the way we learn a lot about the source of the piyutim is because the rishonim had a very big mechlekes about it. There was a very, very big controversy in the rishonim: Should you say piyutim or should you not say piyutim? Many rishonim were very opposed to saying piyutim because it's a hefsek. What sort of business is this adding on to the brachas of Chazal? We have a rule, we have a rule, is uh, you're not yoytze. You can't change the nusach, the chazal or mishaken. So how could you add something to a berich How could you add something in the middle of Shmana esrei? They are very opposed to it. Now they also acknowledge the fact that they have a very, very early source. And Rebbe Lazar, uh, Rebbe Lazar Kalir, who composed the lion share of Putim, he certainly predated all the Rishaynim, and he predated the Ga'inim. And then it's interesting, like some historians say, he's the most uh, prevalent Figure in our davening and the most unknown. <laughs> it's like no one knows exactly who he was, even though he played such a huge role in our tefillas. He wrote most of the kinnis of Tishaba. He wrote all the piyutsris, all the piyutim. Many you know, of the what we say in Rosh Hashanah, like a lot of our davening comes from, him and we don't even know who he is. Rabbein Atam will see. He qu- he holds he was Reb Loza Shimon, Reb Shimon Yichai's son. The what the, the Shimon that was in the cave with him. That's who Reb Loza is. That that means piyutim date back to the Mishnah. The Rashba says that it's a l'azer ben arach. Talmud Rav Yehuda and Zakkai. So there's there's a lot of. Uh, did, you know, confusion exactly who he was. Some say he was later. But even if he was later, he was still very, very early. And it seems most, most agree also that Ablazah Khalir was during a time that he was near to Stral when they still do Kidd, Kiddush al-Pihari'iyah, they still did the Kiddush levana with the, with the, the Kiddush al with Bezdin's. That's why his Yaitzris were all written for only one day Yantiv. So there is, a, the assumption was that he's definitely very, very, very early. So the the apotim existed, but they were very, very opposed to them. So, what do they do about that? So, there's one sefer. Interesting, it's sefer ha itur ha item, sefer ha itum. He is lived at the same time as the Rif. So, take a look at this over here. He says he gives this kind of rationale. Yeah. So, there's a lot of discussion about that. I don't want to get into that. But that? So, they, they say it has to do with the fact how he was Zeicha to compose these piyutim. The kalir, it's an interesting story. I'm just going to leave it. But it's, just, it's a cookie or something, something Kabbalistic. Somehow it had to do with how he was Zeicha to write his piyutim. Maybe it was his rabbi. So, that's why he refers himself that way when it comes to piyutim. Yeah, that's a valid question. So, Sefer Itim, take a look what he says over here. Um, he says it start from the second line, the end of the line. He says shaloi niskan eloh or we can start from the beginning line actually. Yeah, and shapiutim elut second line shapiutim now these piutim shenaguhah elam lemerinu that the the has the minig to save them chazilon rabu rabu my Baim taught me. You want to know when these pietim were originally composed? It was Shasa Shemad. There was decrees on Kli Yisrael. There was a gezera against learning Torah. The enemies of Kli Yisrael made a decree. You weren't allowed to learn. And we have to remember if we can be familiar from this. From the Gemara, that the learning, the drushes that they gave in Shul, that was the main source of people's knowledge of what to do on Yamim Taivim. You see that a lot in the Gemara, that the, the, the drush, or the Shabbos, or during the regal, it was a big deal because that is really where people got their knowledge from. People were Amoratzim, or they were an Amoratzim, but that the, the, their main knowledge of Keeping mitzvahs, not just limur Hatira, simply keeping the mitzvahs of the yom taivim, of Pesach of Sukkot came from those drashas, and now they weren't able to give those drashas. They weren't able to teach anybody tayrus, so no, he wouldn't even know how to keep yom taivim. So as a result, al kein hayuchachamim shebenem is lahem bchalat v'filah. That's why the chachamim came up with a workaround, and they put it into the La Hazkir, to remind everybody lahaskier laamihares and to teach the, the everybody helchas chag the halachas of each yantiv in that yantiv, the helchas yom tovim helchas and the halachas of shabbos v'digdukei hamitzvus and the the points of mitzvus v'derek shvachas v'aydois and they were written in a way. Of its prayer, so that uh, so that the ga'im shouldn't realize, and this poetry, amri and they said, you know what, we have to do it, we have no choice, really it's the wrong thing to put it in the middle of Berchus Kirishma, it's the wrong thing to put it in Daveni, but what are we going to do? People have to keep Shabbos, they have to keep Yantim, so and that's why they inserted it in the middle, but he says, now it's not the case anymore, it's not a problem, and they need to be abolished, but this is an eye-opening piece, right? is an eye-opening piece, he's saying that the, the Original purpose why piyutim were composed was for the sake of teaching Torah. Now, there happens to be that the Rishanim derived many halachas and Paskin many shilas based on the piyutim. The very famous one is the one on Shabbos Hagadol right before Pesach. It goes through the whole preparation for Pesach, kashering kailim, the seder, making matzahs, everything. And the Rishanim quote for that quote from that often to you know to decide different halachas and what the minhagim were, but. That is by far not the majority of piyutim. It's by far not. There are, are some piyutim that are that, like the ones before Pesah. That's true. But there's so many more. There's yaitsus of the the, the uh, Shabbos, right? The, those have nothing to do with halacha. There's many, many yaitsus and piyutim, Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. None of them have to do with halacha. So there's there's the, the overwhelming majority don't. This doesn't a reason that that can answer all the other piyutim. So it's interesting he writes that. But it doesn't seem to be sufficient to really explain why they made the Piyutim. It's also, it can't be too much of an arts to be able to understand the Piyutim. Yeah, yeah, the language, how they get past the language, right? So someone must have taught them that, right? <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. They're all pretty much from the same time Well? We'll see. Time frame. No, not necessarily. Like I said, the majority, the large, a large portion of them come from Buleza Khalir, which whenever he was, he was. But then they're, they're, the Gainic period is like the next major um, infusion of, of, uh, of Piyotim. Now, it's an important thing to realize like this, and this is, is, it bothers me a lot about this whole discussion, the halachic discussion. If someone were to say that in my shul, we don't say Piyotim, we don't say Yitzris, it's patently false. Everybody says Piyotim. Hakal Yaducha on Shabbos, Kel Oden, that's a Piat. That's not part of Birch's Kriyashma. Birch's Kriyashma is Yitzirar and, and uh, Tzbarach. It's a Piyat. It was added. It was a Piyat. And it's actually very strange. And I've been looking around to try to find someone to ask this question because the Sfaradim and Shulch is a is Mechaber and Ramah. That's what it ends up being. In and Samaches, Mechaber says, You don't say Piyutim in the middle of Kriyashma. You don't say Piyutim in the middle of Sheman Ezrev. So Svarim, don't say Piyutim. They don't say Yitziris because the Mechaber Paschens like these are that it's a Hafsir. The Ramal says, No, many Ashkenazis as You say. But everybody says, everybody says, everybody says, what's, what's the answer for that? Why are Seferim okay with that? And the Sefer Ha'itim, right before this piece, he says, he acknowledges the fact that everybody says it, but he says it's wrong. He says you shouldn't be saying, or or, or, or either. And he says, you should say it. He says, you want to say it fine, but say it after baruchu, before you start Birchus Krishna. So before you say, Baruch HaTah Hashem, you know, Yetzirah, Say your and say it, Say it then. You can sing it, or whatever you want. Do it then. And then he says, if the tzibur does it, don't even stop them. But that's what you should do. So he's consistent. You know, he says if you don't say it, you don't say that either. But we, the Sephardim, who hold like that, and, and all other people that are machped on that, we're not. And I haven't found a good answer for that question. It's very strange to me. So to, again, to say that we don't say piyutim is patently false. We say it in the middle of davening. That's there. But we say many piyutim. L'chadaydi is a piyut. Uh, all our kinis are piyutim. So piyutim is something which, regardless of how little we think we say, we do. Zachreinu, Meicha, those are piyutim. They're one-liners, but they're piyutim. Those are piyutim. That's the status that they have. Uh, like I said, all the saliches are all piyutim. And what's interesting is, this is a fascinating thing, which I don't really understand why it's like that, but kinnis on Tisha B'av is universal. Everybody has the same 45 kinnis. Uh, no matter where you're from, which part of Europe you're from. But saliches, for some reason... That everybody picked different slichas to say. I don't know what the Psha'an that is. There's Lita, there's Poland, there's other ones. I'm what? I'm sorry? Right. All are so kinnas are Kinnis half. Kinnis 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 are that's correct. You're right about that. But kinnas are half of Rablo right. The whole second half of kinnas are not. Right. And they could have chose from, there were many, many more kinnas written. The Yekis have some different ones. Do they? Yes. Sir. It could be. But the like Kinnis I said. Right, but well, largely people keep the same, and by slichas, it's, it's a big, there's a big variance, which again, I, I don't have a good reason for that, but fine, so it's interesting. Uh, Sfaradim, as we know, have only one set of slichas. They say the same slicha day after day, every day of El, throughout Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, and uh Mechuva. And the reason why the Sfaradim are different is, is uh, largely because they adopted what we're gonna see soon, uh, the Ibn Isra's issue with Yaitzris, Ibn, Isha, Ibn Israel, will see, had a very big issue with the Yaitzris and the Slichas, and his problem was the language. He didn't like the fact that no one understands what they mean, he held, they, uh, it corrupts Lashen Kaddish, we'll So he had a number of issues with it, and the Sfaradim who followed or in his footsteps, which were the Paitanim that the Sfaradim adopted, they actually were much easier to understand. If you'll, just to give you an example on, um, on Kiness of Tishabav, the night of Tishabav, we say a kinnah, Last one is Shemrim Titan Kaila. It's a Haliva and a, a Hala. Once referring to Sholaim, once referring to the rest of Eretz Yisrael, and it's very easy to understand. That kinnah was written by Rishra, Rav um, Shlaima Ibn Gviral, who wrote one of the Shabbos Miras, I forgot which one, but uh, so anyway, he it's a, it's, one, it's a Swaradi, um Kina, it's a pyotis, and it's very easy to understand. The Hebrew is very simple, very straightforward. So if we would have had the kinas that the Sephardim wrote, if we would have the piutim that the Sephardim we would actually understand what we're talking about. But, again, the, the admitting that Ashkenaz adopted was mainly Rablazar Kalir, and we'll talk about that why a little bit later. So getting back to this, uh, to this discussion... Uh, so, so again, like I said, the Sefer Itim gives his reason that the Piyutim were composed just for the sake of, of teaching people halacha, but like we said, that doesn't seem to answer um, all of them. The Sefer Itim has another problem, which is a valid kasha, and it, it sheds some light about how we say Piyutim also. He says, <coughs> How could we write all these extra Piyutim, all these extra Tehillas and Shvachas? Gemara says, You want to praise the Kaddish Baruch, Hu, be quiet. Because the, whenever you praise HaKadosh Baruch you're at risk. You won't say enough as soon as you stop. What's, what business do you have stopping? You haven't finished what I was talking about HaKadosh Baruch And even what you do say, qualitatively, you won't be saying enough. You'll, you'll be using uh, your human Power of comparison, and you're going to fall short. So, what we do say, the only feel is that we say, the shvachim that we say is what David Amel said, what Anchek Knesset Gdail said, what Moshe Rabbeinu taught us, we can say, but to go and start adding, how could you do that? Which is a very valid question. And not that I know what the answer to that question is, but we do see that all piyutim are prefaced with an apology. When the schazen, before he starts saying piyutim, by He says, Whatever different, you know, depending on the antiv you, you phrase it, but they all start the same way. I'm coming from Tamid HaChachamim. I didn't make this up myself. I'm not roy to say this, but please allow me to say this. That's one place that we ask permission. And the other place, that's, that's the piyutim that go before uh, Kedusha. I'm sorry, before... Um, before we say mechayim uh, mesem and then the piyutim that we say after mechayim mesem before kedusha, they all are prefaced by v'atakados yosef tehilas yisrael kael no. So v'atakados yosef tehilas yisrael, we're talking to hakadosh baruch hu. You hakadosh baruch yisrael kael no. Please, please what? So that's the the playing the, the same thing. We're asking him, please give us permission to be able to say Piyutim and insert it in the middle of Shemun asray before Kedusha, we have to ask permission. So it seems that the concept is there. So to, to acknowledge the fact that really it's, uh, it's questionable to be able to do such a thing, but we're asking permission. We're asking Mechila from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, to let us do this. <coughs> so why is it that Chazal added Piyutim? What's, if the reason of the Sefer Itim is not sufficient, so what was the reason for it? So truth is, Simply, Zmeris on Shabbos are also piyutim. Why do we sing Zmeris on Shabbos? Right? So the, no one has that question, right? Because that's what gives the beauty to Shabbos. We sing Zmiras and Shabbos, the words are me'eros, the words are beautiful, the words transmit to us what the Kedush Shabbos is all about, what the value of Chal Yisrael is, Kedush Boruch, relationship, every, everything, what we really feel about Shabbos, we communicate through the Zmiras. We sing Zmiras, you don't have to sing Zmiras, Zmiras could be said too. They're, they're beautiful pewten, that's what they are. And there's no question that was really the concept of why the pewten were added in, in tefillah as well there's Zmiris. We're saying Zmiris of Rosh Hashanah, Zmiris of Yom Kippur, Zmiris of Shol Shurgalim, when we say them in the middle of davening. And this, I'm not making this up, uh, the Shibale Haleket, who is a Rishon and goes through this discussion at length, and he's the one who brings a lot of the sources we have from the Rishonim. he brings two Midrashim, and both these Midrashim I find very, very inspiring. B'chlal, about the way we daven on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. One, <coughs> one of the Medrashim, he says, so that we have in our sheet here. So Shibali Halakat is here in the middle. <clears throat> so the medrash. So I have, to have it here, One second. Yeah, here, it's the second, the second paragraph. Uh, that starts with a vechen kasev achi Reb Yommin she ain't lano My brother said we shouldn't be memayit in the kroyvos and the piutim. Ometzino. Um, she'ach kadosh baruch hu chafet be tefilas and she'ach yisrael kadosh baruch hu wants these tefilas. D'arminu the bebreishis raba the medrash says Reb Shmuel barchiah bar reb Yudan Amar. I'll call kilos vekilos on every praise she yisrael mishapchen l'kadosh baruch hu that she'ach yisrael praise kadosh baruch hu mashresh chinasa aleihen. He that causes Hashoyahs Hashchina Shenamar vaAta Kadosh Yoyshev Tehilas Yisrael. There is an aspect of Shchina. There is an aspect of Hashoyahs Hashchina that only comes with Tehilas Yisrael. That only comes when when Klal Yisrael and Misha Baruch We can bring Shchina in many different ways, but this is one way that works. You say praise Taakadosh Baruch Hu. You cause Hashoyahs Hashchina, and when we're davening on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the key that we need to to, to have slicha to have kapara that our should be in a is we need to bring the shechina down we need, to, we need to have the presence of the shechina it's kind of if you understand it and it, the, the ramchal kind of explains it this way in um, in uh, das tunis that uh, there, there's there's you know there's interruptions it's a it's a long way from here till shemayim to get our tefillahs up there. And it works a lot better if we get the Shekhinah down here. <laughs> if we can have a shoyah then that, that allows us to have that connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we can be mispal HaKadosh Baruch Hu right here. So that's one thing that we accomplish when we say piyutim and we say these shwachas, these praises to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Regardless if we understand exactly what we're saying. If we understand what we're saying, if we take the trouble to learn it, if we take the trouble to internalize it, obviously we'll gain tremendously. But no matter how little we understand, we understand what we're doing. We understand we're saying praises to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We say Malach Elyon, even if we don't, can't translate every word, we know we're talking about how, much, how great HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, how amazing, and how, how His presence, and how His power, and His strength, and, you know, so that we know what we're talking about, even if we can't translate the words. And that's the, that's the power of these, uh, these shvachas of these, of these praises. And then he brings down another measure, which I, for some reason, didn't put on this sheet, but I'll just quote it to you. He says the second Medrash says like this. It's actually a famous Madrish, it's Safdas Megillah, but it's changed slightly. He says, Um <laughs> the, the nations of the world they have holidays. They eat and they drink and they waste time. And they go to their theaters and their stadiums. And they do things that anger you. You give them Yam and They eat and they drink. They go into Shul and to, to, and, and, to and they're and they're what is the marb and Right, our tefilas haniantiv are, are shorter. Actually, the marb and tefilas are these piyutim. That's what the shibala elaket says. So it's Mamish the same concept as miris. this. Is really the gemara and megillah that we're familiar with says that they say Zmiris. They say sing. They say eat a and they sing smiris. And he's this way. He has the medrash. It takes it a step further and it refers to the piyutim that we say, which I, I'm saying is the same concept. We say them the same way we say Zmiris. It's what helps us relate. To the beauty of the day, it helps us relate to the kedusha of what Yam are and what and what uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are about. That's that's the way the Shabbat Alakit explains it. <clears throat> with the power you're just those words, I'm with, sorry. With the power that you were just describing yeah. in the words, does that is it the same Christians that it's better to say it in Hebrew than in a translation? I'm not going to make a call on that. I, I, I imagine it's the same. I mean, Hebrew has an advantage, obviously, because it has Hebrew has much more depth. In other words, translation can only translate the superficial meaning of the words, and the Hebrew can include all the depth that the Mechaber had in mind. But as far as which one is better, I can't tell you. I don't know. Um, but uh, the words themselves, whether you say the most translation or not, they definitely have that power. And I saw written from some, some later that said, you know what they—they they were considering that they themselves should write piyutim. Maybe they themselves should write slichas. They were very poetic. They were very t- talented. They had these abilities, and then they—they they unequivocally decided that we can't be assured that it'll have the power of these words that are, you know, the messiah of Klal Yisrael that it's guaranteed. These words help our Tfilas be in the These are words Kadosh wants to hear. So they're definitely very powerful, regardless. Now here's the fascinating thing. This is the, the most interesting part of this whole halachic uh, perspective is that uh, Shiloh, whether you're allowed say piyutim, whether it's a Hefzik or not, and, or, or the opposite, the Raya that you are allowed, both come from the same Mishnah. The Rishonim that holds you could prove it from a Mishnah and hold, the Rishonim who holds you can't prove it from the same Mishnah. The Mishnah, is Mishnah and Brachis, Mishnah says, "Makam she'armu leharuch, enu rishoy lekatzer. Makam enu The Mishnah says, "Wherever Chazal or in a bracha, short bracha, you can't make it long, and where Chazal or in a long bracha, you can't make it short." You learn that Mishnah, you learn Rashi. Rashi says, "You know what the Mishnah is talking about? A long bracha is emes and a short bracha is hashkivenu. So you can't make one longer or one shorter." Tyson already asks, and Rashi says, "This doesn't make any sense. They're both long brachas." They don't meet the qualification of what's called a short bracha. And Tysus has a whole bunch of caches on Rashi. So Tysus learns something else. Tysus says it's referring to just the Mishnah Muna because we see in the Gemara, sometimes you can make it long, sometimes you can make it short. That's Tysus' chat. So Shibala el brings down from Rabenu gershom from Rabenu Tam, that they said no. They said they bring down Rashi. They disagree with Rashi. They said that's not what the Mishnah means. The Mishnah means piyutim. Makrim Shamar LaHarach means where they were in the second piyutim. And Rishol can't skip the piyutim. And Malcolm Sharmu Lekatzer, where they were not the piyutim, you can't add them. So that's the way the, the, the Rabbeinu Tam and Rabbeinu Gershom explain this Mishnah. They say the Mishnah is goofy telling you that you're allowed to make piyutim and you can't, even, you can't even remove them if they're there. And, um, and, and you know, it turns out then that not only is piyutim have early sources, the Mishnah is telling you to say them and it's, it's that old. It was already said in the time of the Mishnah, which is fascinating. The paiskim who hold, you're not allowed to say Piyotim, they say just the opposite, they say, they learn the Mishnah like Rashi or like Taisis, and they say on the contrary, Makram Sharmu In and Shor Laharach, you're not allowed to add Piyotim to the Birchus Krishna because you're being Marach, and it's a Makram Sharma Lukatsu. So, the, the Machoikis is how to learn this Mishnah, and either you learn it's referring to Piyotim, or if you don't, then you say the, on, the, on the contrary, it's telling you you can't add Piyotim. So that's the, that's the halachic source you'll see in the, the Gera'a and Shalchan that's how the, the, this machlak has ended up. Now, what about in the same Mishnah that says, you know, you're now also adding, there's only three brachas in the previous Mare, there's only three brachas in Yeah, two, Right, one, right, right. We don't add any brachas when we add future. Right. Oh, you mean, how is that allowed to be added? That was a much later addition. Yeah. Oh, we, we, that's, that's, we're not adding, we're adding two the brachas, you mean? That's right. How are we allowed to do that? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. <coughs> I'm sorry? Does music make the better Singing, you mean? No, actual music. Uh, Either? Uh, I don't think it doesn't change anything. (laughs) It doesn't make it more one way or another, yeah. It's the saying that's the problem. The issue is the talking. If you, uh, actually, if you were to play music and not say anything, I don't think Dushan would have an issue. Maybe they might have a shkafic issue, but it wouldn't be a halachic issue. I don't know. I don't know what they had in mind, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <coughs> so now, let's talk a little bit about who authored this butim. So, we know that we said Rabbi Lazar Kalir, he authored the lion's share of this butim, and it's the question of exactly who he is, that's, as we mentioned before. Um, the, after, after that, during the period of the Ga'inim, there were a number of Paitanim. They lived in Italy, and that's like where the Ashkenaz, most of the Ashkenazic... Uh, Minhagim started from southern Italy and moved on from there. And uh, you'll find them now, as we're saying sliches, I'm going to mention these names, and you're going to start finding them. One of them was, I believe we said today, Shleim HaBavli. One of the sliches we said today, he authored one of them. So Shleim HaBavli was, uh, his name was Shleim and he was not from Babel, lived in Italy. (laughs) Uh, He was called Bavli like the Svaradim that are called Ashkenazi. You know, if you came from Germany, they called you Ashkenazi, or there's uh, people called Shapira, means they came from the city of Sparrow. So at some point in his history, he came from Babel. But he's, he wasn't actually in Babel. He lived in Italy. So Shalem of was one. And then there's an Amitai and a Shfatia and another Amitai. So there was Amitai Shfatia Amitai. So there's Amitai Ben Shfatia, and sometimes it just says Rabbeinu Amitai. The first Rabbeinu Amitai is famous. The one famous one that you'll recognize of his is, we say it by Neila and we say it on Yugem on... Uh, the Thursday before Yom Kippur is uh the the, the, the Slicha that begins Hashem Hashem. Uh, right and and uh Midasarachum which has its own controversy with the language. But the, that that is a very, very, very uh Hailig it's a Haliga Slicha, it's say it on say it on, the, let's say it on the, the the last opportunity before Yom Kippur. So he, that was the Rabbeinu Amitai. Then there were some later ones that were t- totally uh, Ashkenazic like Lamushal. Uh, Agdamus right? Akdamas is a, a Piyot that was authored by Rav, uh, Rav uh, Meir Shech Tzibur. Uh, so Svaradim don't say Akdamas because uh, it was an Ashkenazi that authored it. it was, they, they, didn't even, they didn't even hear of it. So that's, that's why that, that didn't happen. There were, again, there were a number of Svaradim that wrote Piyotim as well. Like I mentioned, Shlomo Ibn Gavirol, Yehuda Alevi, Avmashah Ibn Israel and Avram Ibn Israel, But those Piyotim, as I said before, are a whole different kind of language, but we do use some of them. Uh, a lot of our, some of our Zmiris also come from the Swarisha, uh composers, uh, Drar Yukra. For example, Dunish Ibn, Ibn Labrat, that's a, a, a Svaradi composer, and so on and so forth. Okay, so as I mentioned before, there was a big controversy about the language. The Ibn Israel had a number of issues with it. It's in, actually, his Purush Pankahalas. He has a big arichus, and he's very, very upset about the Putim, and he wants to abolish them. He says, mainly he has a whole bunch of issues. Well? What? With the Kalir, right. I mean, that was the majority of that were written in his time that he had access to. Yeah, so he, he doesn't like the poetry. He doesn't like that no one can understand it. He doesn't like that it twists your tongue when you say it. You can't say it easily. He doesn't like the way it corrupts and Kodesh, according to his opinion. He doesn't like that it combines Lashen Kodesh with Aramaic. He has all kinds of problems with the language. And he says, we shouldn't be saying any of them. And he gives an example of a Piyot that everybody should say is the, <coughs> the Vidoi of Rebnist gayin The Vidoi of is in the Slichus, on Erba Shoshana, very 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 long vidui. Generally, when we get to that point, we're really going very fast, <laughs> so we don't necessarily get to say it. But it's a beautiful vidui, and everybody should, even if you don't say it Erba Shoshana, uh, find some time to say it before Yom Kippur because it's taka. It's very inspiring vidui to say. It's just. Uh Brings out the heart of what Bido is about. And that was, he gives his askama to that. He said, look, he was a Goyin. Look how he writes piyutim. He doesn't write them complicated. He doesn't write them confusing. You can understand every word. You can say every word. So that was what he, he uh, liked. The Ashkenazim did not agree with uh, Ibn Israel. And they were very sharp about it. The uh, Marev was very sharp about it. Or Kweger. And so much later, after Ibn Israel, he writes, Hashem should be Michael him. Uh, he made a mistake. He said this is... Uh, he, basically, he says... he, says, uh, he, he very sharp that there are Lezakalir. It's a lot of kadusha to his Putim. And we say them as is. What's interesting... is a little scary. Because it's hard to understand how... I mean, it's not hard to understand. It's not hard to understand why we don't say yachus anymore. Because, you know, they're hard to say. But if you look at this Svarim... A lot of swarm, A lot of an Early swarm too. I don't have time now. But it's, it's here also on this... The handout. Uh, the kabayasha on the bottom... They, and it's brought down in Halacha too, the Bach mentions it, the Maril mentions it, that if you messed around with the piyutim, if you changed them, if you omitted them, people died for that. That's what they say, the Bach says that people died for it, the Maril says his daughter died because he tried to change piyutim. So there was a lot of chimer, a lot of stringency given to the kedusha of this piyutim. And it's interesting that uh, they were just slowly kind of phased out, especially in yeshivas. So, with exclusion of Yam Neraim, basically the, the all other Putin were, were mostly phased out. But, okay. One funny minute I just want to mention is the big debate. Apparently there was a big deal to scream by sliches. There was, people used to scream and scream by sliches. And you find uh, the different gedalim very upset about it, and other ones uh, supported it. The chida says you have to stop it. You don't even know what you're screaming about. The mechayim falaji, another svarash gadol, writes, "No, there's a sharet Tsaaka, You can open up those Sha'arim by screaming." In Amsterdam, they made people and put people in Kherim, and they find them if they scream by Slichus. Others write that the guy I'm here and they make fun of us. It's just interesting. There's like so it doesn't exist anymore. This whole concept, but it was it was uh, it was something that was hotly debated at the time. Um, later on, as you know, the reform movement started. Then it became they started. Want, they wanted to start, you know, deleting the putim for their reasons. If you remember, when we on Pesach we talked about kitnius and we talked about that the first people who tried to abolish the minig of kitnius was the Consistory of Westphalia. Westphalia mm-hmm. was in uh, Germany, and its Consistory was like this kind of uh, besdin of different rabbanim, and they came up with all kinds of different takannes. One of them was to abolish kitnius. And another one was to abolish putin. So, which putin did they want to abolish? So, they wanted to abolish a bunch of sliches and putin. Why? Their reason given was, first of all, because it's a sick, So, they went with, they want to be chashish with those you so they are not got all the putin. And the sliches also, they say, so many of the sliches talk about how we're chased by the non Jews and they make our life terrible, but we're living so comfortably with the non Jews, it's not applicable to us anymore. Unfortunately, they didn't know what was coming living in Germany, but uh, that, that's what they wrote. So they, this was already the, the beginning of the reform. It wasn't really reform because these were all from, from Rabbanim, but they were had leanings in that direction. And this started it. And then from there, the, the reform picked up the, the, the bull and ran with it, and they said we should abolish uh, the sliches for a different reason, because machnisei rachamim. You're praying to malachim. You're not allowed to do that. So they wanted to be mivatla for that reason. Bez Hashem, I hope to speak about that topic, which is a whole topic for itself. The second before Mazar Rosh that menchamar I hope to address that topic of why or not mechnisah rachamim and shalom aleichem and all the different kind of times we address malachim, why that is or is not an issue. They also wanted to knock out Nidre. They had a lot of issues with that, that is after Shkia. So one thing after another, they tried to knock out. What's interesting about this, historically, is that this divided up many kahilas, And uh, Kahaladas KJ, K-A-J, began because of this debate. Because the main shul that they were a part of in the city, I forgot which city it was, uh, wanted to knock out Piyutim, knock out Yaitzris, and they said, no way. They broke off. Rav Hersh's son-in-law was the Rav. And that's how K-A-J started. That's how started. And many kahilas branched off because of that. So to get a little feel of uh, what we're doing when we're saying Putin, this is beautiful chesam cipher and Drush's chesam cipher. He says like this. He's explaining the. It's on the second side of the, the handout. He's explaining the. Everybody should see it inside. I can read it inside now. But he's explaining the pasuk in Hafter of Yom Kippur. panu derech harimu mechshal miderech ami. Salu Salu Pashat, we translate that to mean uh, take away the stones, remove all the mix, all the stumbling blocks from the path of my nation, which was referring to chuba. He says it's referring to tefillah. He says when we daven, there's two risks, two problems with our tefillah. Number one, he says, the tefillah has to go all the way up to Shunayim, and there's many spiritual roadblocks in the way. Our averis make many mechitzes, many taken between us and HaKadosh Barfu. And if we try to daven, our tefillah bumps into this, bumps into that, there are malachim, there are, there are mazikim, and it, it, it makes it very difficult for us to communicate to HaKadosh Baruch Secondly, the other problem, he says, is our problem, that we space out, we don't pay attention, we don't focus, we don't give it the proper, or oh, the proper chashivus, while we're davening. And that also compromises the power of tefillah greatly. And he says, as an answer to these two, two problems, chazal, remesak, and putim. There are remesak the tshishbachus and the shiris that we say. And he says they, they both have that power. But through saying shiris, through saying tishbachis, it breaks down all the mechitzas. And like I said before, the medrash, it brings down the shechina over here. So there's no issue of uh, transportation. It can go straight to, 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 to Al-Kadosh Baruch Hu. And it also helps us focus. When we speak about the godless of Akadish kadosh when we speak about the, the power and the strength and the kedusha of Akadish kadosh it helps us have a little awe, a little chashivas for what we're saying. It helps us, it helps us concentrate. So he says, a beautiful Pshat in the Pasik. he says, Soilu, Soilu, Soilu says a lashon of praising, like "Salsala Salat Mecca, or Soilu Lurecha Ba Ravet, Soilu is a lashon of praise. Soilu, Soilu, say praises, say, say, say shirus and tashbachos, and panu derech, that'll clear the way, so your tefila can go, and haribu Mikshal miderech it'll take away the stumbling block that we all have, that we can't concentrate, we can't focus. And then he says, the next passage says, Koyama Ram Venisa, Sheikhan Ad, Shemay." Shemai. Amar, he translates, not that Hashem talking, but he says, Koy Amar, this is what you should say. Ram Venisa, first say Ram Venisa, Sheikhan Ad, then say Sheikhan Ad, and Kadosh Shemai. And he says, this is the period of Malach Aliyah. Malach Aliyah is Ram Venisa, Kadosh Baruch Hu is elevated. He's... he's Beyond our capability to understand the tremendous Kedusha that he has, Shaykh An'ad, we say La'adayad Yimloch. That's how we finish each stanza. stanza, each stanza. We start with Malachalyan, that's Shaykh Ramanisa, and and, and we finish with La'adayad Yimloch. That's Shaykh An'ad, he he's, lives forever. He's Nitzchios. And then we can say Kedusha. After we say the Pid of, of Malachalyan, Karish then we can say Kedusha. That's what the Chsam the, Cipher says. A little bit of, of uh, explanation, a little more explanation in the piet of Malch so we can appreciate it. The <clears throat> it's a fascinating piet because we're missing half the piet The piet Melech the way it was originally written, had a stanza. Each time it said Malch he said Malch avian." He made a comparison. Malch Elyin, Melech Elyin, Melech Elyin, by the way, doesn't mean a king. Melech actually means a human being. Just means you, any human, it means us. It's not talking about a king. It means, we call it we're called a I Melchheim, and we rule over our body. But that, that's, because that's all we rule over. So that's, that's, that's what it's referring to. So you shouldn't think it's not talking about us. <laughs> it's talking about us. That's what Melchheim means. And actually, the reason why they deleted it, they, they, this is what they speculate, is because the censor thought it was talking about the king, and they said, well, what are you saying about our king here? So that's why they had to take most of them out. But the way it was written was stanza, and stanza, and you see it very clearly because. If you look at the the way it's written, it's Aleph Bez Gimel, but it doesn't go Aleph Bez Gimel. It goes Aleph Gimel Hey Zayin. It starts Amet Tamanusa, That's the first stanza. That's Aleph Gibor Bigvuris, That's Gimel Hamafar Befichal. That's Hey Zayik Hadishkaches. What is he skipping around for? So the answer is, if you look at the Belchevim which they found recently, there's the Bayis, there's the Dalit, and there's the Vav. So that's the that's the way it was written. And that, it also helps understand what the Pete is trying to do. It's making a comparison. And uh, it's funny because, um, Lamashal, the, the, what we end up doing is we just say two stanzas of Melech Evyayn, and we just say the same ones on both days. There were different ones for both days. So we say, Melech mm-hmm. Evyayn, Bala Shachas, he will disintegrate into the grave, Bishol Batachas, and he lives in the ground, Beleas Blinachas, and he's wary and he doesn't have any power. And then we say, Aval Melech Evyayn, right? So we're comparing it to the Melech Evyayn. Al- so Melech he'll be disintegrated, he'll die, he'll live in Melech uh, Ebiayin, Shefer de Emes, he's the true judge, my of Ms. all his deeds are true, he does Chesed in Ms. I saw Sefer, he says, like, what, what's the comparison here? If you're talking about how a human is going to die and not going to live forever, so Seher Kachbaruch lives forever. Why are you comparing it to Shefer de is a true judge? But the answer is, this is Bayes. Melchin Balabrod Shachas, it doesn't go where we go right then. It goes after Melch Elian Amitz Hamanusal Khalesh Misnasa, I'm revoy some machine. So strong how elevated he is, then you say Bal makes a lot of sense. Balabra Shachas. Now on that on that token it, it actually opens our eyes a little here that the 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 one comparison is Shana we say I'm is Shaina in he doesn't sleep, Sheked Bifninov, he's always serene, he's always calm. Shabakh was Taiv Matspunov and he has the Malachim praising him in secret. And then we compare that to Malchabya and to a human who's chnuma to Ufenah we sleep, Tardema Taiphafena we slumber. Tayu Shafena we're surrounded by Tayu. So that that comparison is interesting, Whereas we're trying to say what's amazing about a Kaddish Baruch. Is he doesn't sleep. It seems like, you know, it seem like a major thing. So two pshatim. One pshat is a medrash says that when biggest when Adam Rish was created, they wanted to say Shirah. It's a famous medrash, but this is a different medrash that says that when they wanted to say Shirah to Adam Rishon, Hakaddish Baruch put him to sleep, and that's how he demonstrated that he's human and that he's not godly. Sleep is echon mi shishim b'misa. It's a form of, uh, of death. It's when we're not productive, we can't do things and we're, we're, we're limited. So that demonstrate that actually did demonstrate the difference between what a, a human technically, his potential is tremendous, but the sleep is what demonstrated the difference. That's Wamsha. Jochem Knievsky writes, and we'll finish with this, that the, when we say sleep, he says the, the, the Gemara Saita is coming to explain when we say, Wake up, Hashem, why are you sleeping? So the Gemara says, Hashem, it doesn't sleep. What do you mean, why are you sleeping? So the Gemara says that whenever Klai Yisrael suffers, and the nations of the world don't suffer, so it looks like Hashem is sleeping. And that's what we mean. Don't make it look like you're sleeping. And he says, that's what we're saying over here. A human, a human sleeps. But you, are Baruch who you don't sleep. You don't sleep. The it's, 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 it's ain't no fun of. So it's, a, it's part of a... The shevach is also a tefillah that we're davening to our Kaddish Baruch Hu to take us out of our suffering. Ksiv v'kseh